from zero to money. We unveil the trials and successes SaaS business founders have faced when starting their own businesses. Stay tuned to learn from the ideas that can inspire and change you. Enjoyed the show? Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss our new episodes. If you're interested in learning more about ZAR's managed technology services, come visit us at ZAR.net. That's Z-S-A-H.net. So hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Amir Hashmi, uh, and I'm the CEO of Jar Limited. Welcome to our latest edition of our podcast, where we're exploring and discussing with SaaS leaders what they do to stay on top of their game and for them to share their three top tips for other SaaS entrepreneurs. Um, welcoming you all, um, have a look at uh, obviously our previous uh, podcast that we've released um, and hopefully you're going to find some, some more insight from this latest one. So I'm very pleased to be joined today by Mosh Demri, who is the GM of EMEA for Optimove. Um, and I'll give you a little brief introduction to Optimove, and then I'll and then I'll hand over to to Mosh to give uh, an intro to himself. So Optimove is the leading CRM marketing hub, empowering marketing teams to create and manage large-scale customer-led journeys. Optimove's CRM journey mapping algorithm leverages AI to autonomously surface valuable customer engagement opportunities, orchestrate self-optimizing customer journeys and accurately measure incremental impact of all marketing interactions. Optimove is used by leading brands, including The Dollar Shave Club, Entain, Papa John's, Penn National, and Staples. So uh, really, really, really interesting organization. So we're you know, really keen to kind of dive in and, and, and learn more from, from Mosh. What I'll do is I'll hand over to Mosh briefly to give a brief introduction to himself. And then, then we'll continue the, the, the podcast. Mosh. Thank you, Amir. So first of all, uh, pleasure being here today and speaking with you. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. So as you mentioned, my name is Mosh Demri. I'm a leading the EMEA business of Optimove. I'm an engineer by trade. So I actually you know, joined Optimove 10 years ago as a data engineer. And um, I... I started to work with clients uh, more and more. I understood that probably the technical part is, you know, less for me and I'm more passionate about, you know, building relationships and actually working with clients, which led me to, you know, lead our professional services team and slowly get more involved into, you know, commercial discussions and actually going our annual, you know, revenue, uh, closing contracts, and basically growing uh, our customer base. And from there, I guess it was a pretty natural, but I, I would say it starts, you know, uh, a very, it's not a move that you see often, but uh, for me, it was pretty natural to move from, you know, the professional services team to actually lead uh, our sales and marketing for EMEA. Well, primarily our sales team and, involved, and being involved in the marketing as well. And I've been doing it for the, the past three years. Um, I live in London. I relocated from Tel Aviv to London uh, for this specific role. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much about myself from a professional standpoint. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Fantastic, fantastic, and and you know, like as I said before, thank you very much for for joining us today. It's really appreciated. I think you know the 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 aim of the aim of nearly everything we do, and I'm sure the same as, as you kind of ethos that your organisation has is to help help others, right? So through our experiences and through our learnings, we we want others to to succeed and and kind of learn learn from us, right? So sure. Um, so just so just to just to cover off again, you know. The, the, the theme of the podcast is uh, we, we're talking and exploring with SaaS leaders. In this case, we, we're talking to Mosh today. Um, what what Mosh does and his organization does to stay on top of, of their game and his game and to then go on to share his kind of three top tips uh, for, for other kind of entrepreneurs and SaaS entrepreneurs in particular. Um, so brief, very quickly, a brief introduction to us, but I think most of our listeners now know kind of uh, who we are and what we do. But, um, you know, we, we're, a, we're a, a technology, a managed technology company. We're based in central London um, and we're, we're, we're essentially all things cloud, all things DevOps, all things analytics. Um, we specialize in being able to integrate all of that uh, and run managed services around those items. We're the engine behind many SaaS firms. Um, uh, so many, many SaaS firms kind of rely on us to deliver their services to, uh, uh, to, to their customers and to their partners. Um, I'll get straight into things. So I'll get straight into the kind of first question. So. Yes, good one. I, I like I like all these questions, and I, you probably hear me quite often saying that it's a good one. It's good, but I, I like the questions, right? So, you know, before we start talking about your business, Mosh, um, can you tell us something interesting about yourself that our listeners don't know? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, maybe I'll start by saying that I'm happily married to Amit. Uh, my wife is also uh, working in tech and SaaS specifically. She's a uh, director of product. Been, I've been recently, you know, became a father to Abigail. She's currently six months old and, uh, you know, keeps me up at night. But uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that she, she's joined our family. I love cooking, film photography is a passion of mine, uh, doing some pottery when I have time, traveling, uh, which is a bit of a challenge nowadays, but that's uh, also a passion of mine. And as I mentioned before, I, am, I mean, uh, I'm an engineer by trade, so I also, you know, uh, I, I have a passion for tech. And yeah, that's that's in a nutshell. That's, yeah. that's more or less about myself. Yeah. Great. Well, congratulations on your daughter. Sounds fantastic. Great age. Fantastic age. Very, very cute age. I've got kids myself, but they're much older. <laughs> much older. Um, so time goes by very quickly. But I'll move on to the next question, right? Which is, um, can you tell us the, the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming a successful business person when you were starting out and how you managed to overcome it? Yeah, so, so I'll, th- I'll talk about, yeah, I think it's a good question. I'll, I won't go back into the, you know, the beginning of my career because I think, you know, the, 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 the lessons I've learned when I've, you know, started this new role uh, three years ago uh, were much more important. And I think this right. is actually the starting of my career as a business leader. Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that the first thing you need to make sure that you are doing once you are starting to lead a business is to make sure that you are focusing on the right things. 
Uh, I think I'll, I'll talk about it, you know, in 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 few of the following questions as well. But during the first year in my role, I've made a lot of mistakes which are related to, you know, not focusing necessarily on the right things. Uh, and I underestimated, you know, the cost of, you know, cutting yourself too thinly and trying to do a lot of things, mm-hmm. going after many different territories, sailing yes. to many different verticals. And I think once I actually realized that, it completely changed uh, everything for me. So I think my, you know, my my tip for uh, the tip I, I would have given myself three years ago is, you know, mm-hmm. make sure that you are, you know, choose your battles and focus yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do less, but you know, focus more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I've been told that many times by people. We've tried to do. It. I think. Just relating that to us, to, you know, I, you know, we we're probably quite wide in in, in a lot of what we do as well, and and uh, and certainly a lot of people that I've spoken to about our own business are, are very similar with regards to focus. You know, focus. You know, once you become laser focused, I, th- I think this is exactly what you're saying: is that you everything becomes a bit clearer, yeah, and things become simpler. So sales and marketing are just that much more focused, right? Uh-huh. Your, your messaging is is is, is more focused. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I can totally totally see where you're coming from there. And like you said, so and and I think also what you just mentioned now. This was about three years ago. Is this is this was about three years ago that you came? This kind of uh, um, learning came about, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I took the decisions a little bit like probably three and a half years ago when I when I joined the world and built the strategy. Uh, it took me, you know, 12 months to understand, you know, to, mm. to, to make the changes and learn from my mistakes. Um, but yeah, three years ago. Yeah. About three years ago. Oh, interesting. Cool. And we'll, we'll come on, we'll, we'll come on to uh, hopefully how, how yeah. that's paid dividends for you as well. So, so on the next question is like, you know, what's the, what's the kind of best business advice that you've, you've received? Yeah, I mean, they'll, I'm sure you know we all we all get business advice from some people that are not so qualified and some people that are very qualified. Um, uh, but yeah, what what would you say is like the best the best that you've received? Yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I have two answers. Uh, the first one is um, you know something that changed the way I think about about going the business and, you know, my mindset was, um, you know, something that one of our investors, uh, Chaim Shani, who is, is a brilliant, you know, person to, you know, to speak with and learn from. And he, you know, once I started to all, he told me something that I will also always remember. And he, what he told me is that, you know, that in, in our business, there is no such thing as boutique. You either grow, um, you are either growing or you are crashing. So right. you can you can allow yourself to be in a place where you know the numbers are you know it's plateau. Yeah. And, yeah. and you are not growing and you are not chasing another move and you are not actually thinking about the next uh, the next step. Uh, thinking about not only the short term that is that you are going to close in the next two or three months, but also strategically thinking about next year and the year after. And it, for me, it was a change in mindset and something I'm taking with me, uh, you know, until this day. 
I think other, you know, two very important advices and things I've learned is, I think the first one is, you know, I learned to appreciate, you know, people with experience and specifically hiring people that, you know, have done what I want them to do before. Right. Yes. We, you know, in Optimove, we have, uh, we really believe in, you know, growth uh, from within and actually pushing our staff to meet management and, you know, management roles. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are very proud of it. Uh, I think more than 50% of our mid-management are, you know, uh, employees that have actually started from junior roles. Right. right. Made their way up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It worked very well for me before when I used to lead the, the professional services team. But when I moved to sales and, you know, to lead the MEA office, I learned that, you know, experience is very is valuable and sometimes you need to you know make sure that you are making those investments and bringing people that have actually done what you are you know they already achieved what you are what you want to achieve now so so that's that's an important important lesson as well and i guess the last thing is um is actually to also make sure that you know don't be afraid to make difficult decisions and make them, mm-hmm. you know, quickly. Yeah. If you realize you made a mistake, even if it means that, you know, you need to part ways with someone or you need to make a decision to, you know, stop, uh, uh, you know, a, a strategic decision that you've, you've taken recently. Um, it's often better to make this difficult decision and, you know, focus on other things. Again, the focus um instead of you know dragging it for for months and months and then you know doing it afterwards sure that's very interesting and you know your your point there mosh about um your staff and how 50 percent of the senior staff have come come up through through things Uh, can we can you just remind everyone how many staff you guys have because i I didn't mention that when i did an introduction but you have uh, over over 200 yeah, so uh, we are around 260 strong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we just split between Tel Aviv, New York, London, and Singapore. Yeah. Uh, so in London, I have uh, an office of circa 35 people. Okay. Uh, okay. And I still manage some teams in Tel Aviv as well. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Fantastic. Great. And and just going back, just my, my little piece and going back to your last last point around decisions and 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 strategy you mentioned about thinking i like i really like the advice that you said the invest your investor gave you about there's no flat line right you are you're either you're either going up or down right and we want to be on the up obviously trajectory right and it's, it's so true because it's very easy if you're not thinking about long term to keep that up up trajectory going is difficult because you're then thinking about short term and before if you're only thinking short term you can hit a wall quite easily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah absolutely I, I, that's yeah it's good it's good it, it's really good to hear that yeah and also with your this you mentioned about difficult decisions absolutely you know uh, yeah. it's definitely in business and generally in life i think right is that make decisions and do not don't leave things hanging i think without wanting to put words into your mouth i think that's what you mean don't leave things hanging next question is this we and i know i think you'll like this one right because you are an engineer. Your background is is, is an engineer engineering background, right? So, 
like I said, you know, we like to talk about technology, right, on, on, on this series of podcasts, right? So can you can you tell us the best kind of technology advice you've received? We've talked about business advice. How about on the technology side? What kind of advice was the best advice you've received? I think my, my recommendation, to be honest, is to, to basically buy as much as you can and avoid building stuff if they already exist. Uh, in other words, you know, don't try to invent the wheel. I think, yeah. you know, today when it comes to, you know, tech, there are so many things you can just, you know, use services you can use instead of, you know, develop or use them yourself. Yeah. From Amazon Cloud to, you know, many other things that, you know, are managed services or, or different, you know, products that you can use. We, I can tell you that we've, Try to we you know we had few um, decision points over the, the last few years that we considered buying something either buying a small company by the way or buying a technology or paying for a technology versus actually creating it ourselves. Yeah. And every time we've decided to basically build it ourselves, it it didn't work for our advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's definitely, uh, you know, if, even if it means that you need to spend slightly more, I think in the long run, uh, it's important. And again, it, it comes back to the focus uh, element of, you know, we are dealing, you know, our vision is AI mapped customer journeys, right? We want to mm-hmm. help smart marketing teams to get, you know, the most value out of their, you know, CRM initiatives from their campaigns and, you know, leverage AI and other, you know, machine learning algorithms in order to achieve that. We want to focus on that. Yeah. Everything else that we can, you know, buy, we are we are trying to buy. Right. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, like you say, it's not about re- it's not about reinventing the world. Like you say, if, if you can if you can buy it in, you don't have to develop it yourselves. And, Mm-hmm. Um, and do so if it's not your core business. I think that's why it's, it's not your core business. Then, then, when, then why you go and build it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's good. It's an interesting one with regards to kind of the when we, you know, technology and technology advice. Like you say, you're not really involved in the R and D yourself, but you, you hear about obviously what what's what's um, what's being developed and everything. Um, but you, you pick up you pick up on these quite often you pick up on these lessons and advice points so it, com- it comes with time just like most of what you've d- discussed like so far with regards to the business advice you, you, you learn that over time um, or ideally you get you get people in that have done it before who can come in and tell you <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, next question is always a, is always a fun one. I, I like this one. Um, so can you can you tell us tell us a story, um, if possible, um, about like the worst business decision uh, that you made for your business? I can think about two particular, you know, uh, uh, bad decisions that I've that I've done. The first one is when I joined, we. You know, we are we are we are selling to many different verticals. Uh, some verticals are, you know, we, we are very established and uh, doing very well uh, in terms of clients and sales, like you know, iGaming, retail, and so on. Uh, others are new to us. And when I started, I actually um, inherited financial services, right. which was which was a very 
you know, premature uh, vertical for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've decided to go with it. And I think, you know, the fact that I added another vertical um, created, you know, just disruption. Um, and, you know, I remember, you know, spending a lot, a lot of times traveling to meet banks all over the, all over Europe and trying to sell, you know, technology to banks. And you know, after a few months realizing that, you know, there are so many things we, we, we need to cover in the product right. in terms of, you know, legal security um, and mindset. Um, so we spent a lot of time and, uh, you know, and money and, and energy, yeah. um, which, uh, you know, look, thinking about it now, I think it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was time and effort that we should have, you know, put as well. Um, Mm-hmm. And the same thing, you know, another kind of sub-vertical, but not not uh, not a vertical, but you know, a region we focus on. Just when I started, I decided to go after France, um, and actually, you know, uh, I hired someone in the UK and thought we can, you know, do it remotely, yeah. just by traveling to France every now and then. It was mm-hmm. also very time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, the person I, I actually was great, uh, so I have no complaints to, to her specifically, but I realized quite quickly that, you know, if you want to work in France, if you want to sell to French companies, you need to be based in France. You, yeah. Need, yeah. you need presence, you need, t- you need teams that are French speaking. And again, it's yeah. just focus on. And, you know, when I'm thinking about it now, it's the reason those were, were, were bad decisions is that we were we are only scratching the surface when it's come to the UK and Germany in terms of the potential yeah. and the clients that we can work with. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, why go after something which is um, you know pretty far away and you when mm-hmm. you can you still have a lot to achieve in your you know in your home court. Yeah. And so this is what we're trying to do. And by the way, I see you know many successful companies like Gong and many others that are focusing only on the U.S., for instance, as a strategy. Right. They mm-hmm. don't sell outside of the U.S., at least for, you know, for, for a few years. Because once you're starting to sell to different countries and different verticals, you're starting to, first of all, the competitors are different. So you need to learn about the competitors. The yeah. regulation is different. The culture is different. There are many things to learn. So... My my suggestion again is to you know to focus on you know on less and and invest more time into you know less regions less verticals and after sure. you conquer them you can always expand. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I it's funny because I've come across in in, in other uh, work that I've done the um, first of all entering entering different verticals um and obviously like you say with bank fs fs in particular there's there's lots of compliance and and things um over and above other uh 
verticals. And and again, if 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 we're not used to that, then it can come. It can it can be quite a quite a lot to take in. And then obviously with, with countries such as France or other countries, or so yeah, you, you definitely. I know this from first-hand experience. You need people there, yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, and um, you know, speaking the native language. Things as well, so it's it's. Uh, but but like you say, you again the, intru- the the important point is is that you know these are all areas that you guys have learned from, isn't it? And then you've improved your business uh, through through those learnings. If we could rewind the clock, then we would have done things a bit differently. But uh, but we've learned from it, right? Or you guys have learned. You guys have definitely learned from it, which is which is cool. Can you tell us something that's working for your company sales and marketing? right now and why and, and I, you've actually touched on some of this through your answers of the previous questions but maybe if you can focus on one or two things that that you feel is working from a sales and marketing perspective and and why and why it's working that's the key thing. yeah sure so so um one of the things that have worked very well for us you know uh over the last few years is account based based selling and yeah. um yeah. you know instead of you know, using the traditional sales model of, you know, um, few BDRs that are just hunting people uh, and then, you know, moving leads into, you know, sales reps uh, or sales reps getting inbounds uh, and trying to, you know, just create opportunities in a rudimentary way. We, we try to focus on, you know, a very a relatively small audience of you know of of prospects that we think will be a very good fit to Optimum. Right. <laughs> um, so it's usually like you know twenty um, twenty leads per account executive, and we really do you know a, a very thorough research about those companies. We learn about them. We build relationships with them. Um, C-level relationships with them, and it starts from our CEO, Pini, to our, you know, chief commercial officer, to myself. Everyone is actually taking place in, uh, taking part, sorry, um, in the relationship building uh, process with the uh, with the execs in the in the in the companies we are going after, and. Right. The 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 process is is very consultative, right? We don't want we are not you know just selling them a solution. We we start by building a relationship, trying to educate as much as we can and share share our knowledge. We have you know our own publication which is called the Post Panel, um, which is everything everything CRM essentially. We yeah. build a lot of content. In many cases, we actually will actually build content which is specifically related to the brands that we are going after. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if let, let's take as an example, if it's, you know, an Ocado, we'll, you know, we'll order from Ocado, we'll follow Ocado, we'll, we'll get their promotions and emails and so on, and we'll basically create a white paper on Ocado and their strategy. Right. And we'll mm-hmm. share that with them, we'll try to, you know, give them tips and, you know, Okay, this type of conversations and um, yeah. <laughs> and, and usually we are also you know taking it to our own events. We have we are doing lots of events, which are you know workshops or dinners, 
that always have you know CRM content that we create right. specifically for those events. We are mm-hmm. trying to bring those people and build this community of CRM experts. And when we bring those people to the events, whether it's a you know a Michelin style restaurant dinner or whether it's a workshop in you know in, in a coffee coffee shops that we that we are closing, mm-hmm. um, we always try to bring our clients. And we want to, you know, we want the prospects, the leads that we are, we, you know, we have to actually speak with our clients directly, you know, sure. to hear yeah. from our clients, to learn, to share their story. Um, and this is working quite well for us. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a strategy that, that definitely proved, proved itself and, uh, and we are invested more into. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that our, Hopefully, it will, you know, continue to help foods uh, in the future. Excellent. That's it sounds it sounds really cool. So, yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard about similar, similar, similar kind of, you know, account-based selling success stories. I think, uh, you know, the, it sounds excellent. The fact that you guys are invested all the way from the CEO downwards, and you, when you're doing research and and it, and it sounds like um, it sounds like it'd be a fun it'd be a fun time to be a customer of yours, right? Because it sounds like you guys look after your customers extremely well. So, in terms of, um, can you tell us uh, the kind of top three metrics that you use to keep on the pulse of your your company to make sure it's heading in the right direction? So, you know, we, you just mentioned, for example, you know, KPIs and things. So, yeah, what are kind of the top three? Ideally, the top three, but if you want to mention one more or one less, then that's fine. But the top three metrics that you guys, uh, that you personally, I suppose, make sure that you keep track on. Yeah, for sure. So, so, so the first one is, you know, we have a KPI called net retention. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Net retention for us is essentially we look at, you know, we take all the customers that have started here with us. We take the, you know, beginning ARR, MRR, ACV, and we compare it 12 months forward. And, you know, what we actually see now in Optimum is that, you know, our net retention is, you know, is actually positive. So it means that, you know, year over year, our existing customers are generating more the, in terms of upsells compared to, you know, the customers we're actually losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically means that every dollar that we are, you know, closing or bringing today will become, you know, one point two dollars in in twelve months, which is it's a super important KPI because as long as this, you know, as you go there, it gives you a very very strong foundation. Now, other than that, we're also looking very carefully at, you know, dollar uh, retention and logo retention. Yeah. And we are we are fo- we are we are putting a lot of focus on those KPIs. We are working a lot on you know renewals and again the relationship with our customers. It's important. It's very important for us. And on the sales front, I mean, other than you know tracking ACV, ARR, you know ARR, MRR, and so on, which is the basic yeah. ones, we are also monitoring very closely the close rates. Right. And, yeah. Um, which is basically close rate from open opportunity to close up to to basically one of one opportunity. One. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are trying to put a lot of emphasis there. And first of all, try to make sure that the clients that we are going after, our ICP is very you know laser focused. 
and we bring good clients, uh, and we bring we actually bring good sorry leads that will become will will have a higher chance to convert. And the sales process is you know very smooth, professional. Yeah. Uh, that's another KPI we track, uh, you know, constantly. Interesting. Okay. And you you mentioned um, uh, obviously net net retention. Just to get this straight, so that everyone is. Did you mention logo retention? Did you say logo retention? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. We we also look at logo retention because. If you look at net retention by itself, it can be misleading because if you have, you know, one giant customer that is just growing, yeah, and your net retention can be, you know, 110%, but maybe you lost 20 logos over the year. So it's important to also look at logo retention and, you know, try to identify and learn from, you know, from those KPIs as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and just, just, just a little, you know, kind of just comment from me to other listeners is that these, what Mosh just mentioned with regards to these kind of metrics, and then hopefully, you know, again from listening, if you guys listen to some of the other, the other uh, talking podcasts that we've got on the subject, I mean, the, the, there's the the, the the metrics in particular. Obviously, it's great to hear everyone's stories and and, and lessons learned and everything, but some of these metrics that come out that I've my own personal learning, because I, I find this stuff hugely interesting, right? And I'm learning from from Mosh today as well. You know, you learn you learn from everyone and anyone. Um, but the metrics have I've found to be really kind of refreshing, and also to see, you know, the, the how people uh, have customized what they what they're kind of watching and what they keep their, you know keeping keeping their eye on with regards to the business. So yeah, that's why I just really wanted. It's good you explained a bit more of the difference between the net retention and the logo retention. You can see how that, and now you can see. Hopefully, everyone is listening. You can see how that is. You know that that's a big one to keep an eye on, right? It's, it's because you're getting very, two distinct, different values uh, uh, from there. And when you're running a scale, and you're scaling, that becomes more important, right? Because you know you, your logo retention gives you information as to how good your sales team are doing um, in 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 bringing in these new logos. It's not just about the revenues, it's all profit even, it's logos and distributed across that. So yeah, excellent, fantastic, love love to hear this stuff. So with regards to, you know, can you, can you give, can you give us like your top three tips for building a successful SaaS company? It's a very open question, but I'd love, yeah, love to hear your kind of three top tips ideally. Yeah, for sure. So, um... I, I think you know my first tip, which is uh, I'm going to contradict contradict myself, but it's important to you know to maybe explain it. But I think you know you you must make sure that you you need to be agile, you need to move quickly, uh, but at the same time you also need to make sure that you are building the right processes and 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 making sure that you know. If you are scaling and going, things won't break. We learned it the hard way that uh, you know managing 20 clients is not the same as managing 100. Mm-hmm. And when we reached we reached a stage where things started to break, and it's much harder to fix them afterwards. At that we've point. done that. We've done that, but it took us you know a long time. <laughs> so yeah, build 
I mean, everything you are doing, you need to make sure that it will work when you are scaling and when you are, you know, when you are getting bigger. But at the same time, you know, when you are small, you need to also be agile and be a little bit of a, you know, a pirate and uh, try mm-hmm. to make things happen. Yeah. And so that would be my first, my first tip. And the second one is, you know, I think that everyone who is going to start, you know, start working in a small startup or is planning to, you know, open its own startup, you know, needs needs to understand that there's uh, it's ups and downs, but it's I, I think there are, there are many more downs than ups. <laughs> <laughs> so you need, I mean, you need to be to make sure that you know it's just part of you know of working for for a startup SaaS company. Uh, it's part of the game, right? Uh, there are lots of you know difficult moments. There are lots of downs, but um, you know, it does. Sometimes thing it, it looks like you know things are in a very bad shape, but you know, as you go and as you start to scale things, things are, are definitely getting better. So that's that's definitely um, you know my second tip is to keep your head up and you know um, yeah. don't lose your. Um, your momentum, your motivation. Yeah, um, yeah. That's definitely another one. Try to learn from yeah. your mistakes and, you know, carry on and, uh, you know, <coughs> don't look back. And the last thing is focus. <laughs> so we talked about it a bunch of times. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is super important. Uh, you know, we see, you know, there are lots of companies that, you know, focused all of their resources, all of their R&D and development and, you know, product on Shopify. We, uh, you know, like uh, some of them are partners of ours and you see that they're doing extremely well and they've decided to, you know, they probably made a bet, right? Uh, But they've done something, you know, simple and done it well. Um, And I think uh, it worked to their advantage. So I think focus is very important. and uh, yeah, that's it. Interesting. No, very good. Very good. Uh, thanks for that. That's um, I can I can certainly relate relate to all those points. I wanted to get the three three tips in from from Mosh on time, uh, but we've got a few minutes. So um, there's another question, and that is, uh, you know, can you tell us where you think your industry is going in the future? Yeah. So so I think first of all, uh, our, our space is very crowded. So I, I think we all, we already see there's lots of consolidations in the space. So I think it will go there. And I think, as I mentioned before, some companies will do very well. Other companies will crash. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we won't see, we'll probably see less uh, companies fighting for the same customer because today there are, you know, there are just too many, too many companies that are, fighting for the same customer. I think in terms of the technology, the the vision, um, first of all, more reliance on first-party data. Obviously less reliance on third-party data because of, you know, the death of the cookie and, you know, regulation and Google and Apple and so on and so forth. So Mm -hmm. I think people will appreciate more owning their data and speaking with their customers. And 
I hope so and truly believe that the future is, you know, is the app map journeys and, you know, um, using technology that will autonomously make the decisions in terms of, you know, what offer to send or what, what campaign to send to which customer, uh, which is very much aligned with our, with our vision. Uh, yeah. And I think that's definitely where, you know, the industry will go um, to in the next, you know, five to 10 years. Yeah, interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Like you say, death of the cookie and data. Very, very, um, very insightful. Data driving every, nearly every SaaS firm that we talk to, and not just SaaS firm, but nearly every any technology firm. Data is becoming much more. It's it's being taken a lot more seriously, and the whole the whole idea of handling data, processing data, what we do with it, privacy. Is mm-hmm. is being treated better, I think, in in a, in a more mature fashion. Um, mm-hmm. And there's there's so much we want to do with it. We wanted to be able to do with it, which is um, which is great, and it's leading to good good innovation as well. But um, what I'll do, thank you very much, Marsh. What I'll do is I'll just quickly summarise your three top tips, um, and. Uh, yeah, I'll, um, we'll go on and we, we can wrap things up. So, so your number one, your number one tip. But this, I, I don't think they're in order of importance. They're just three top tips, right? Yeah. 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 So, so number one was one one is about being agile, right? So, so you must be agile, um, but at the same time, um, you know, build in the right processes and mm-hmm. take into account scale. Yeah, um, and and again, I, I can totally mirror those mirror those in the sense that, you know, if you if your aspirations are big, yeah, there's no need, there's no point designing small, right? You design mm-hmm. scale. Yeah, so if you, you like you say, if if you've designed something that that's going to creak at, you know, hundred customers, you you intend to get on ten thousand customers, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And it's going to be expensive and painful. It can damage your brand, right? It can damage your brand if, you, if your platform is falling over or running slowly or whatever it might be. Um, so that was the number one. That was kind of the number one tip. Uh, the number two tip was with regards to a startup, um, you know, have patience. Startup environments, uh, I think they're, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of uh, environments are in flux. They can change. Uh, so so keep your, you mentioned keep your head up and stay motivated and keep your momentum. Uh-huh. Uh, which which will keep you positive, and then your your third tip was focus. Yeah, so is that focus? You know, keep keep focus. Um, I think with regards to everything, with regards to your business, your plan. But number number three is focus. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I've surmised them okay. If I if I haven't, please correct me. Uh, but I think That's I've perfect. Great, fantastic. So, so I just like to say, Mosh, it's been a real pleasure having you on, uh, um, Mosh Demry from Optimove. It's been a real, real pleasure, and and as ever, from my perspective, um, I've I've certainly learned. I all learn from every single one of these myself. Um, but I hope, hopefully, the more important things. I hope our listeners have learned, and I hope that you know that you know if you guys have an interest in in Optimove, then you know get a hold of of, of Mosh. Um, you know, all the contact details will be around. So, um, yeah, I'd just like to say thank you very much. Um, and just if you if you have any closing words, then then by all means, uh, feel free to mention them. 
Yeah, first of all, so thank you, Amir, for the opportunity. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. And the only thing I will say is that, you know, if we have listeners that are looking for new opportunities, we have lots of open roads. So just go on, go on our website and, you know, uh, look at the career page, page and see if something is, you know, uh, interesting for you guys. And um, yeah, that's everything. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Take care. All right. All right cheers.